Good morning, and this is Lisa Hawkins with Christian Warrior Woman. It has been a while since I have recorded a podcast, and it was for a number of reasons, because I I really wanted to listen to what is going on in the world, also listen to what God wanted me to talk about. And as we all know, when he has something for you to say, you want to be close and attentive because there's a lot of reasons that emotions um, have been stimulated recently. But you want to make sure that you're in alignment with God and not speaking from anger or dismay, but providing not only knowledge, but also encouragement. And well, this morning, when I woke up, the Lord had a pressing thought on my mind, and I knew it was time for me to do this podcast. And we're going to talk about love, but from a different angle. You see, we live in a world and we live with people who have romanticized love. Love in regards to personal benefits. Love in regards to how it makes you feel. Love meaning it's all about what you get. But what I saw in the protest and in the people from all over the world protesting, although it was for horrific reasons, excuse me, what I truly saw was love. And what I want to give a quick thought today to help stimulate or to maybe remove scales off your eyes, it's about the church and love. You see, few folks who don't know me will think that, oh, I'm critical of the church or might even think that I could be against the church, which is kind of crazy to me, but, but we are the church. And when our behavior or our actions, whether currently or historically, don't show the love of the Lord, then we ask that, we have to ask, do we really have the light? Because I want to talk about just some key things. You know, when you look at up love, you Google love, you see all these things about love language, um, what things you have to do to prove you love someone. But interestingly enough, I didn't see the key ingredient that the Lord shared with me this morning. When I think about this key ingredient, we talk about it in church. And I think people think of it as a theological philosophy, a grand idea. But they don't grasp that this idea is for them. So I'm going to share this scripture in Ephesians 
And I want you to to remember it as we go through um, a couple of other scriptures. In Ephesians, it says, Be completely humble and gentle bearing with one another in love. First Peter 4.18 It says there even that above all love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. And I don't know I can only speak for what the Lord put in my heart versus other believers. But I really believe the world is in the shape that we're in because neither one of those are Christ- Christians are displaying in the world. Because we we know from John 8.12 that we're supposed to be the light of the world. That we're supposed to bring light to those walking in darkness. But sadly, many of us are walking in the same darkness and are confused about where they are on one issue or another. But the word says, above all, love each other. When Christians vote, they vote on one issue. They don't vote on the whole picture. And a lot of times that issue is related to money at the root of it, not love. Think about everything that you do. Is it rooted in love? Not love for one thing but love for people, love for your enemies, love for your fellow man, love for all, not just love for those who believe in Christ, but in love for those who some may have locked in cages because they were trying to escape from fear, from murder, from harm. So when I saw the protest... And normally, prior protests were focused on black people or Spanish people or one group of people, Native Americans, wanting to hear their cause heard. And yeah, it might have been covered for an hour or two or a day or two, and it was next news cycle. But when I saw white young people, young men, young women, they were protesting whether they they were with other African Americans or not. They were doing one thing. And if you want to know why I saw love and what the Lord woke me up with this morning, about love. It's understanding sacrifice. What I saw with every person standing, they were sacrificing something. 
It's not just your time. They were sacrificing friendships. They were sacrificing employment. They were sacrificing themselves to be possibly harmed, beaten, gassed, taken to jail. And why did it capture the attention of the world? Because in that moment, white and black people were the same. White and black people realizing they were equal were fighting and they were sacrificing something. You know, people who watch from TV or watch in texting your opinion, you didn't sacrifice anything. If you were in support of something when others are against it, you are sacrificing. But if you're just a watcher, if you're just looking and claiming to be a believer, when others are being killed, harmed, murdered, and entreated unjustly, that's not love. Christ never stood by and watched people brutally beaten and murdered and said nothing. We have an example of Mary Magdalene where he spoke up and he said something. And it wasn't popular, but he spoke the truth. And what are we doing as Christians? What examples are we setting You know, getting involved in Black Lives Matter after people are gassed and hosed to then come out. Why not know the right thing to do? The church should have been leading this charge of injustice from a long time ago. I personally have mentioned this to several churches in years past. And they really didn't want to hear it. So when I look sometimes now at of the few churches who want to say something, I'm disappointed that they're so late. How do we not recognize humanity? I love history. So when I look back at the beginning of slavery and the profiting of slavery, and the torture done to slaves. The sad thing is Christianity was at the heart of it, of receiving the money. Whether you look at the French, whether you look at the Portuguese, whether you look at the British, do you know in these slave castles, there were churches? Churches built above where thousands of people were shackled and chained and pastors and Christians took part in receiving money, in starving slaves that were in castle in cages and below with no light for three months, with barely feeding them, with spreading disease 
And when they appeared too sick, they just threw them out into the ocean. I heard a lecture the other day that talked about, and I believe this was in Senegal, in Gori Island, that they used to call it Shark Island because of the many bodies that were thrown into the sea. And someone used an example that for every one African slave that made it to the Americas, two died. So although people will quote 20 million or whatever million that they're saying that were enslaved in the Americas and around the world, it was double, it was double that because of those who who were killed, died, or thrown into the thrown into the sea. But what hurt my heart the most was knowing that the church was involved in that and they used scripture. They used scripture to torture people, to sell people for money and for profit. And to imagine that they would expect to walk through the pearly gates, that they would expect God is in support of that. And then I read these scriptures that were available to them. Above all, love each other. Well, you might say, well, Lisa, they thought they weren't human. That's a lie we can't believe. Because not only was the church there, but these men that worked in castles, these slave castles didn't have women with them. So they raped these women impregnated these women so they knew they were human. I have pets. Many people in America have dogs. When people don't rape dogs, I'm not saying, I'm not talking about perverted people, but people don't rape dogs because they need sex. There are a few that do, sorry to say, but very few. But on a whole, you don't think to go find an animal because you're starved for sex. So the fact that they're not human, that lie and myth does not work. But if we look historically, if we go to World War II and what happened with the Jews, Christians again were aware. Christians again, people who stated they believed, were engaged in this massacre. So the question I really want to charge you with, what will it take for you to recognize that it's not about following the masses of Christians? It's about following the word of God. Because no matter where you search, you're going to find people who were believers at Christ. Even when Christ sacrificed his life, where were the closest people to him. So we have a history of not being on the right side and making the wrong decisions generationally over and over again. So when I woke this morning, the Lord really shared, it's be- we 
are starving for love, but we don't know what love is. Why the church has a high divorce rate? Because we don't know what love is. We only focus on what's pleasurable, but we don't talk about that love involves sacrifice. When you're not willing to sacrifice something, you're not in love. I'm not talking about a fleeting moment where you sacrifice, oh, paying for something or going on vacation. (laughs) But we're talking about that you can sacrifice for someone who may be sick. You know, when we say for better or for worse, no one ever counts on worse. As soon as worse happens, all of a sudden, this is too much. And love is gone. But love is, whether it's staying in a marriage, when it could be rough for years. But you're not staying because you you just want to stay and be tortured. But you're staying because you made a commitment. And why I focus on that is because if you're a follower of Christ and you think there isn't going to be struggle and pain and not understanding and maybe not even hearing from God for a time period. You see that it's built on that faith. Because if you don't have that, when something bad happens, you'll just fade away and you won't believe. You won't be counted in that number. Too many of us want to be with the popular group, even in faith. I want to be with the group that hears God, that loves people, whether they look like me or believe like me. Because you can't believe on one hand not to judge, but then on the other, then judge who to pray for, who to be supportive of. I don't have to be a mom who's had a son die or killed for me to have empathy. I don't have to wait for a president to have empathy for others for me to know what God would want me to do. So why do I continue to speak out? Because love reflects Christ. Lies and hate do not reflect Christ. Divisiveness does not reflect Christ. And what I'm accountable for is not what you do, not what the government does, not what your prime minister does or your president does, but what I do. And why we all need to speak out Because when those slaves were a thousand and thousands of them shackled below with guns held on them and laying in their waist and being in that condition for three months before they even got on a slave ship, no one, people weren't speaking out. 
They were lining their pockets and they were looking the other way and they were silent where they may have just been watching. The way many of us are doing now on the internet, we go on to just watch and read what's going on. But we're not going to sacrifice losing our friends maybe at our church or making someone wonder what to think about us. You're so worried or fearful of man that you can't hear God. So I want to ask you and to ask yourself, are you on the right side of love? Are you on the side of sacrifice? Is your money and support going toward equality? You know, many people say they go to a multicultural church. If you're at a multicultural church, then politically, your church should be supporting multicultural activities. Not not all over the world, but right here in their own backyard. You know, I've been at leadership of many churches, and I would see all these other countries where money was going. And I would be like, we need missionaries right here. We have poverty right in our backyard. We have people here that need to be fed, not only spiritually, but physical food. We as believers have to speak up in our organizations or where we worship or or neighborhood or urban leagues, whatever it may be, to make sure that if we want to change violence in the communities in America, then we have to learn what love is. We have to learn what sacrifice is. We may have to sacrifice our cable money. We may have to sacrifice our time. We may have to sacrifice our reputations. Did Jesus not sacrifice his family's reputation? When you look at leaders like Mandela or you look at Martin Luther King or others, they sacrifice their reputation. They sacrifice their life. They sacrifice their safety. We're so focused on being safe and saying the right thing that we're missing doing the right thing. We can't think people are being murdered because they deserve it. They must be violent. Lies that we allow ourselves to assume. So I want to ask you, is your love include sacrifice? If you're not sacrificing anything, you're not loving. You're not loving. You're just self-pleasing. And we need to call it what it is. John 8.12 said, Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Light of life. I think of that for all people. Not just for babies, not just for women, not just for men, but all people. When I see a person spewing hate, toward any group of people, I don't see the light of the Lord.
Because the light of the Lord wants all people to have life, liberty, freedom. And then they would show Christ within. I ask you, do your words show that you love all people, including your enemies? Do you speak up when things are wrong? When things are being done to others that are unjust? Are you a watcher and a silent person who is really in agreement? I'm sure many Germans later thought, maybe I should have said something or done something. But since they were the beneficiaries or afraid to speak up, they didn't. And millions died. Millions died in slavery and millions have died in the Americas. Because people didn't speak up. And here we are, hundreds of years later. And people still haven't learned, or I should say Christian, people haven't learned to speak up and share what the whole word says. Not just portions. So when you're in support of someone that spews hate, you are linked to them in their totality of the damage that they do to humanity and to people. You see, you can't be partly engaged. You can't say, I support hate, but I like this portion. I asked a question probably a month ago and I said that the KKK is against abortion. Would you vote for their leader to be president? And people's eyebrows were raised or people were like, oh, that's a deep question. It, wasn't, it wouldn't be a deep question for me. The answer would be no, because it's not a person or organization that loves all people. We can't pick and choose which portion of the word that we want. Maybe we support organizations or people that look like us or that we think are representing our point of view. But have you really analyzed that point of view with God? As Christians, I don't see anything that talks about being a follower. Having light is in the midst of darkness tells you right there that you need courage, that you need faith, that you need endurance, that you need to, you'll be sacrificing Darkness doesn't want to be overcome by light, but we are to apply that pressure and to continue pressing forward and pushing through the darkness until the light is seen by all men. You are God's child. Please don't miss this opportunity to be heard, to be seen. 
This is not about a party. This is about love. This is about people. This is about this world coming together and recognizing that we need to humble ourselves and be gentle, bearing with one another because we're not in someone else's shoes. So we have to hear to understand on both sides. And if a brother and sister is crying in pain, we need to have empathy and not feel like, well, you deserve that. Because we really don't know the whole story. We hear different terms and we try to say all lives matter or we try to wash away what the truth is and all lives do matter. But when you see a group of people struggling or being killed, that's the group that needs the support that needs the you coming together and being united. You see, what the devil would love to do is keep us in discord, divided. But imagine if we were united as the body of Christ against all hate, against all of injustice, and we were the leaders and at the forefront of doing this. I'm sick to see that we're in the midst of it instead of the voices saying no. That when you look at those who helped the abolitionists, it wasn't those who are the typical Christians. Quakers? Really? As big as the church and as widely known as the word is, that another organization I'm not saying they're not Christians, but I'm not. But it wasn't the Baptists. It wasn't the evangelicals. So when we look at our history, where have we been? I heard a lecture that when slavery was over and five years after that, someone in the Johnson family tried to start a theological college for free slaves to learn the word of God. And the Baptist church denied them the ability to set up a Bible school to learn the word of God because they believed they were the only ones that could teach the word of God. I hope you see the point I'm trying to make that we keep focused on money and prestige and not really being completely humble gentle, and bearing with one another. We're not representing, above all, love each other deeply. Because deeply comes with sacrifice. This went longer than I had expected. But I pray that you play it more than once and allow the Lord to really search your heart. Maybe today you're struggling in your marriage, and I'm not talking about abuse, physical abuse, but you're struggling with maybe you don't feel great. I always remind people I don't feel great about myself every day, more or less how I might feel 
in my marriage on on days or weeks or months. But you're there to see it through. And we know in all relationships there are peaks and valleys. With your neighbors, you may find that they're not loving or even friendly towards you. But you're the light of the world. You are the one that can be the example. Love comes with sacrifice. It comes with not worrying about your reputation. So I pray to God that every person that hears these words recognizes where they are. And how are you contributing to bring unity between the races? For some people, it may be financial support, and that's great. But your voice is needed as well. Not just in texting or um, replying to other people's social media and debating the issue but in people you come in contact with. It's not, let's not wait for what leader is going to come around. If we each come around, then we'll know who our leader really is. We'll know who we're truly following, and it should be Christ. Stop being a one-issue Christian and open your heart to all people. And pray for all people that they will know and come to the Lord. We have no room for caging people, caging children, having them live in horror, having them live without their parents and live in fear. We can't let history repeat itself and we stay silent. If you feel a cause in your heart today, I pray that you will just begin it and not focus on what other people should do or what other people should say, but take up your cross and represent Christ in the area that he has put on your heart. Help bring unity to this country and your country. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen.